Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about development and getting projects entitled. The city of San Francisco continues to be one of the most sought-after places to live in the nation, and it also boasts some of the least affordable places to live. San Francisco is a notoriously difficult place to have any project approved. The process allows for community input on virtually any application. NIMBYs have a particularly strong influence in San Francisco dating back to the 1960s, and planners have a tendency to defer to the structure of existing neighborhoods. San Francisco's general plan makes new development incredibly difficult. Approximately three-quarters of the land is zoned for no more than three-unit homes, with the majority dedicated to one- and two-unit homes. Most of the city has a maximum 40-foot height restriction for all new development. Unfortunately, even the city's general plan downplays the difficulty of building in the city. The ever-proliferating bureaucratic documents underpinning this plan muddy whatever potential clarities developers hope to glean from the plan itself. A typical example is the planning department's area east and south of Market Street. This has been a rough area for years. The city drafted a neighborhood plan back in 2008. The plan lays out 42 separate objectives the city wants to achieve through development in the area, with no ability to rank them in the case that they conflict, as many of them in fact do. Now, somehow, there has been some redevelopment, but it hasn't been easy. In the Northwest, developers Prado Group and SKS Partners submitted a plan about five years ago to develop 558 homes and an office complex, and they since shelved that plan to make room for more senior housing. After years of planning and battling neighborhood opposition, the current proposal is to build 744 homes over on California Street, and it's finally moving forward. Earlier this week, the city's Board of Supervisors voted unanimously to approve the project, which represents the largest new home development project in the city's northwest quadrant in decades. There's so many competing interests that every project has to have features that will satisfy virtually every special interest group that wants to have a voice at the table even though they've got no cash invested in the project. It's amazing that people with no ownership get to dictate what happens on a property. The project includes 186 homes for low-income seniors, a child care center, five acres of public open space, and 35,000 square feet of retail. The Board of Supervisors finally took an important step forward in meeting the city's housing goals by allowing for new development to take place. This project is going to transform an underutilized office site that used to belong to the University of California into a new residential and mixed-use development site in the Laurel Heights neighborhood. Even after the approval, the groundbreaking is still more than a year away in 2021, and it's going to take a couple of years more to complete even the first phase of the new construction. Overall, the project is expected to cost more than $600 million. Now, if you know the San Francisco area, it's divided into 36 neighborhoods. In each neighborhood, community association has its own well-organized opposition squad. New housing anywhere west of Van Ness Avenue is notoriously difficult to secure approval for. A group of neighbors on this particular project file appeals to overturn the Planning Commission's approval back in September. And during a three-and-a-half-hour hearing on Tuesday night, opponents said the project's environmental impact report was flawed. Many speakers opposed the plan to cut down existing trees on the site and destroy what they called a swath of natural open space. The trees became a point of contention. One speaker told the board that the trees have rights, and several speakers said removing trees for new development would increase harmful greenhouse gas emissions. 
One supporter countered by saying that workers who have long distances to commute to their jobs contribute even more to greenhouse gas emissions because they have to spend so much time in their cars. The developers and the supporters countered the open space argument by saying that the site, originally conceived as a suburban office-style campus, is closed off from much of the neighborhood. It doesn't interact with the neighborhood at all. Other opponents said the developer's retail component would hurt the neighborhood and encourage people to stay out late at night. The project adds neighborhood-serving retail that will increase foot traffic to existing businesses and provide new retail that will serve the needs of the neighborhood. The 10-acre site currently houses 455,000 square feet that's currently occupied by the University of California, and it's surrounded mostly by single-family homes in the Laurel Heights neighborhood. One special interest group claimed that the city doesn't have enough senior housing, so now the project includes a senior housing component. If you're contemplating undertaking a project that requires community input, make sure you understand the process that you might be subjected to. The process on paper might only be a few months, but the process in reality can stretch into years if the community opposes your project. As you think about that, be very careful where you undertake a new development project. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.